Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the EDM podcast. I'm Sam Matler and in this episode I talk to Andrew Apinov. If there's one word to describe Andrew, it's prolific. He is the founder of a music marketing agency called Dotted Music, which also doubles as a blog. He's a marketing consultant and he also runs a platform called WeSpin. Uh, That is at WeSpin.co and you may have heard of that. Uh, It's pretty popular. And WeSpin is basically growth training for musicians, uh, bands and of course producers. I've personally had a look through some of the material uh, on the site myself and I have to say it's incredibly well done. And if you want to really grasp uh, music marketing concepts and learn how to grow your audience as an artist, then I highly recommend checking out WeSpin. Uh, It is not free, it costs $15 a month, but for what you get, uh, I personally think it's well worth it. Anyway, in this episode, Andrew and I talk about a lot of interesting stuff. We uh, talk brand building, finding your niche, networking uh, with other artists and industry people, and a a lot of you have been requesting an episode on networking and and we go into detail um, in this episode so I'm sure you'll get value out of that. We also answer some common questions like uh, when should you start promoting yourself? Uh, Is it worth having a dedicated website as an artist? And also what are some common music marketing myths? We have a fantastic discussion and there are many nuggets of wisdom uh, that you can extract and apply to yourself as an artist. I do hope you enjoy the episode Uh, and one reminder, if you're listening to this on iTunes, it would help a lot uh, if you could subscribe, leave a rating and a review. If you want to do that and you're not listening on iTunes, you can go to edmpro.com slash iTunes and do so there. Anyway, without further ado, here is Andrew Apinov. This episode is brought to you by EDM Foundations. EDM Foundations is my course for new producers, those who've been producing for under 12 months or even those who've just started. The whole idea of the EDM Foundations course is that you learn the fundamentals of music production by actually doing and not just learning the theoretical stuff. The course consists of over 12 hours worth of streamable video where I walk you through the creation of three songs and give you advice and tips for working on your own original alongside them. We've had over 500 people sign up for this course. Many of them have had great results. If you want to learn more about the course, head over to edmfoundations.com. Andrew, you know, I'm I'm really excited to have you on the show because you're an expert on a topic that so many producers and artists struggle with, and that topic is marketing. Uh, You run a music marketing agency called Dotted Music. You're also the founder of WeSpin which as I understand it is basically uh, growth hacking training for artists. You're a consultant, you know, you, you do a ton of things. My question is, how did you get started and what's your background? Well, first of all, Sam, thanks a lot for having me on the show. It's really appreciated. And yeah, so uh, uh, it's true that I have been doing quite a lot of things in the music business in the last, well, 12 years or so. And um well, uh, if if in short, I, I started as um, as an editor of quite a big 
resource about music, about rock and metal music called Ultimate Guitar, which is uh, literally the biggest resource in terms of traffic on the web about guitar music. I never played guitar, just in case. And uh, uh, so simultaneously, I started doing, uh, started DJing. So it was around 12 years ago as well, uh, drum and bass, and uh, started doing some events. And uh, for, for around five years, I was in life industry, but it was more as a hobby still, even for we did quite large parties in our hometown. And uh, I, I tried myself at uh, managing bands and uh, being uh, uh, w working on the radio. We did our own pirate radio station, then uh, ran a few shows on internet radio and uh, just a bunch of things. I was an editor-in-chief later at the same company and uh, managed some uh, mobile applications, uh, sort of, what was involved in, in, the, in, in mo mobile development as a project manager. And then uh, in 2009, I started Data Music as a blog about music business and the industry. Eventually, the blog became an agency. So right now we serve music brands, musicians, uh, labels, management companies, and so on, and, and also startups in the music field. And it's all, uh, all about digital marketing. So uh, starting with design to, to uh, PR and marketing and so on. And um, yeah, so, and you mentioned Wispin, which is a project I've been working on with my team without whom I just, it, it wouldn't be possible to, to launch it for the last two or three years. And it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an affordable educational platform where you can just get access to all the materials that we've been recording and releasing that it's a small community, let's say. Right, I see. And we'll talk about We Spin uh, later in the interview. It's funny you mentioned Ultimate Guitar because I actually read that on your site. And I used to use Ultimate Guitar a lot uh, many years ago when I played guitar. But uh, that's that's very cool to, to know. Now, there, there are many producers out there who feel they are at a point where they have the technical skill and their music sounds good but they're just not sure how to, to get it out to people. What advice would you give to a producer in this position? Yeah, it's it's really common. I, I have to say it's really common, especially for electronic music these days from what I notice, because um, uh, um, bands and musicians in different genres uh, and have been in this position for quite a while releasing music and trying to uh, get it out there. And so they face the same issues for the last uh, 10, 20 years. And right now with the uh, booming popularity of electronic music, uh, there is quite a lot of great producers uh, who enter the scene, who are great at production, but they don't have a single idea about how the music business works, how to market their music, and they just undereducated. And it's a big issue because you you have to understand how 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 it all works um it's important for getting some deals it's important for spreading the words about your music so uh, first and foremost reading blogs like yours <laughs> uh and uh, and educating yourself is is just absolutely crucial and of course putting the that knowledge into practice and starting to build your brand 
as soon as possible. So this is a pretty crucial point in my opinion. Mm. It's in short, I can go on about that topic for hours, but uh, yeah, you let me know if you, um, if I answered your question, if you want me to elaborate you're, on this. Yeah, oh. you're welcome to elaborate. I mean, uh, it's, it's always good for to go in depth on these things. Um, yeah, I mean, the... Um, the, the the basics of uh, of of brand building uh the the visuals and consistency with even um even metadata so uh, mm-hmm. it's just like one of the most basic things which I, I want to highlight because so many producers start creating profiles they're not even sure about their name for example they use random uh, uh, shot your like uh, the URL handles on social media, and then it's all a huge mess uh, online. So uh, from the beginning, it's it's really healthy to keep things organized, and it's it can be a problem for many artists I know really well. But uh, even just keeping your name uh, spelling consistent across social media profiles and trying to come up with a good brand identity and ideally having a logo and using uh, similar graphics across your different social media profiles so it's all consistent and that people can recognize and even in your uh, track names uh, keeping your uh, name consistent and so on so you you definitely want to start with uh, uh, developing a proper brand and social media and online presence, generally speaking. And um, uh, yeah, so all while educating yourself about how the industry works and then starting to think and uh, starting to work on growing your audience, which is a much larger topic. So I don't think we want to go <laughs> into it yeah. right now. Yeah, no, exactly. That's it, something that can be talked about for, for hours. So in terms of consistency and brand identity, is it a good idea to kind of stay in, in a similar style. So for example, if someone, if there's a producer that makes dark drum and bass music, would it be a bad idea for them to use, you know, happy uh, multicolored graphics that don't really fit with their music? It's it's a good point because uh, uh, if you think and if you know that there are people who are really into uh, the darker side of drum and bass and uh, who are into these kind of graphics, if if you feel uh, there is a niche, then it may be a good idea. And this is something that is um, not uh, very intuitive to many, but uh, you, you actually better start with a small niche. And this is something that I was supposed to mention answering to your last question, actually. This is just absolutely crucial. So finding a niche and starting small because just just being in the genre, it's it, it's too broad. So you, you can target everyone who likes uh, a, a particular style of music. So you want to show what's so special about you and it can be not related to music at all. So it can be something lifestyle, it can be about your hobbies, interests, or the visuals visuals you like. Actually, like just personally, uh, going back to what you just asked, I do not think it will be a very good idea to use extremely uh, happy and unrelevant images if you you are into something darker. So it just, that example, yeah, it it may not be uh, a good fit because you, you have to do things that makes sense yeah yes um, yes but but being weird is good so being weird unusual just just i mean this is what internet wants weirdos 
Um, so, I mean, there are there no rules in terms of uh, what kind of mix you may have. It's just important to be consistent in what you deliver. Mm. So, you mentioned having uh, having part of your brand being something that's unrelated to music. And I've, I've heard a lot of people give this advice. So, I, I, someone told me, it was at a conference, they said fashion is quite, you know, is linked to music. Yeah. Um, so what is what are some other examples of things that artists can kind of incorporate into their brand along with their music? Uh, so this is something that can generally be called niche marketing. This is how we call it at the agency and so on. And, and this is uh, a, a very powerful concept indeed. And um, so uh, it can really be anything. So ideally, it's, it should be something controversial. So the, the, uh, the best um, combination is when you deliver music in a particular mood so, or style. It can be a mix of different genres, but there is a particular mood. And then uh, there is something that you sincerely care about that you talk about on your social media profiles, your website, and so on. So it can, like, the the two topics that are the most controversial are religion and politics, but you don't want, <laughs> you don't have to go there. Uh, it can just be the things that you care about, and it can mm. be some, it can be some social issues, actually. So you may do something uh, that can lead to, to a partnership with a non-profit eventually which has been a little bit overdone, but it can still work out. It can be, I don't know, extreme sports. It's also a very banal example, but I'm just trying to um, to, to, pro- to provide some examples that make uh, sense and easy to understand. So you can, if, if the music that you produce really works well with some, uh, with a particular type of uh, physical activity, then you may want to try to promote it to, to that audience in terms of the visuals and way you spread the word about your music and so on. But it can be anything. So we've, yeah, we, we've, we've done quite seen a few interesting campaigns uh, and seen some good examples. So it's been, yeah, uh, so this uh, case study that's actually like we got us into uh, the, uh, the list of finalists at the media marketing competition this year. Uh, with uh, a band called Flash Rocks and who are really into zombies. So we did a campaign and placed them in a, in a mobile game, mobile game about zombies. Mm. So it can be really just just anything. And and oftentimes when I talk to musicians, they don't they say that I'm I'm just I'm patient about music, so I don't have anything besides that that I'm mm. uh, okay about. But when you like talk to a person more than Obviously, there is always something else. It can be uh, other forms of art, maybe. So mm-hmm. it can be video or, or, or graphics or something like that. Or it can just, there is always something. And it can be related to your profession as well, to day job, let's say. Mm-hmm. So who knows? That's, yeah, that's fascinating. Uh, now, you say that it's never too early to start building your brand as an artist. And this is interesting to me because I've I've kind of been on that side of the fence uh, where I think artists should hone their skills before promoting their work. Uh, as in, you know, there's a certain point where it makes sense, but before that, the, the effort is futile. But maybe you can change my mind. Uh, as a new producer, why is it bad to wait to promote yourself? Yeah, so uh, 
I hear well, uh, and I, I understand your point clearly. And uh, I even want to agree with you in a way. Uh, uh, sometimes producers uh, uh, become very aggressive with promoting their work before they are ready. But however, it's important to remember that it's impossible to learn all these growth and marketing things uh, quickly. So mm -hmm. when you've got a product worth marketing, uh, and I've seen just too many musicians who wait uh, with uh, starting just anything online before they uh, deliver this album or an EP that they are very happy about. But uh, by the time they, they put it out, they, they don't have anything, they release it, no one cares, and they are disappointed in the music industry uh, most of the times. So it takes time to learn how to communicate on social media, it takes time to uh, to to polish your brand because it's not just the music it's also how you look what you talk about online uh, what words you use and what 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 you care about and so on it takes time to learn these things so even if you don't have um, lots of good music or or, or <laughs> any music that you want to release at all <laughs> it still makes sense to start something online. It can be social media profiles, you can start them under your name, and you can start uh, talking about the things that you, um, uh, that, that are important to you. Maybe it's uh, the, even just the genre of music that you're producing. So you can become a curator and uh, talk about the, the top uh, tracks in the genre that come out weekly, for example. It's especially easy if you're DJ, so most probably you already Pros the the digital stores and so on for fresh music. So you and you can start talking about the the various niche lifestyle things and so on. So it takes time to to build your voice online. It's not as easy as many think, and it takes time to learn these things. The earlier you start, the more prepared you are. By the time you've got the product to promote actively. So even if you don't have a lot of uh, fans and followers and a bigger audience at first, it's still very important to start building these uh, brands. And of course, of course, you will uh, start getting some following from even from that activity, which will help you later. So I'm absolutely confident that you better start early. Yeah, that's that's very well uh, explained, and I actually agree with that. Now, uh, so so maybe you have convinced me. <laughs> I hope um, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You wrote a post for uh, resoundsound.com about music marketing myths. Uh, what are some of the most common myths surrounding music marketing? Well, we just covered one actually about, uh, about um, starting uh, early and, and it's, it's still very common, a common thought that you, uh, you only start uh, growing when you have a product but just just to keep in mind that uh, a growth and and this is by the way also relates to this whole growth hacking community in the uh sorry growth uh, growth hacking movements in the in the tech community about uh, the, this idea that uh, when you create a product it's already part of of growth so you 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 want to incorporate your marketing activities into everything you do so it's just one of the things and Wow, I mean, I, I actually honestly don't remember all of the points that I listed in that article, but uh, some of the most important ones 
it's it's definitely uh, one is is that you cannot uh, make a living doing music these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a really tough question because uh, for most uh, producers it's true. But it's not exactly because of the music industry, but because the producers are not ready and sincerely they don't want, even if they they, um, uh, won't uh, agree with that and and, uh, even realize that, but they don't want to professionally work in the music industry because Mm. it's tough, it's difficult, it's very time and energy consuming and it's not always fun. Mm. But if you want to, dedicate your life to it, it's absolutely possible uh, through uh, different income streams, through a lot of networking and a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of hustle is required here for sure. But it, it is possible. So it's just that uh, there is no clear one uh, path for everyone that, that works in the music industry, how it was 50 years ago and so on. Um, so about the approach to to market the uh, the music so uh, it's it's not exactly a myth i guess I, I could phrase it as a myth but the the point that i really want to mention on 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 this conversation um and and this goes back to the point that i mentioned about uh, new producers not having a single clue about how to market their music and uh, a lot of musicians just become too aggressive and in your face with requests to 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 do something about for them. So they don't offer much. They just ask ask demand for liking, for voting for them on a contest, uh, on remix competition or whatever, or just like buying their tune and so on. It doesn't work out at all and unfortunately it's still very common so you make friends online first and foremost you build a relationship uh, relationships with many different people in the industry with fans you have to give a lot and not just the music the content that you produce but your time your attention um, your love in a way i mean just being sincerely engaged with who you communicate with is 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 really important and then when you will have something to offer uh if you when you will have uh, something uh, a way to support you financially for example those people with whom you've engaged they will be interested in supporting you but you build the relationship first so um yeah uh, that's the the few most crucial ones mm, i would say mm. yeah that's, I, I i kind of rec- sorry I, I kind of recommend checking out this article because i think yeah. it's a pretty good one <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll link it in the in the show notes definitely it's a fantastic article uh and and those are common i i get them quite a lot and you kind of touched on uh a struggle that that i find a lot of producers have and it's networking um which is surprising, but do you have any advice for producers who want to build up a, a solid network of other artists and even industry people? Yes. Yeah, so um, the uh, networking is is something that has been working in the music industry for years, for decades, and it hasn't changed. So we still have to uh, to to build relationships with people, and this is how you. Uh, get deals this is how you get shows and this is how you get fans oftentimes even so um while physical events have been 
becoming popular and, and important, I would say, again and again. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the things that you can do online, I mean, it's, it's just, we, we have some amazing opportunities to build great relationships online. So first of all, I still recommend uh, uh, trying to network online just in a smart way. Definitely don't ignore physical events and uh, there, are, there is a number of great conferences and there is a number of great networking events and, um, and, and events just shows that you can attend. But uh, you better start online. So even before you attend some kind of a conference, it will really help you if you um, build some kind of relationship on Twitter, for example, with uh, 10 industry professionals who will be attending. So when you meet them in person, you actually have reason to reach out to them and start uh, talking and then it can lead to, to something. So usually it's this mix of online and offline that works really well. Um, for the music industry, Twitter, in my opinion, is the best networking tool. So it's not LinkedIn. It's, 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 it's really not um, the most effective. Twitter is great because you can reach anyone in the industry, uh, other producers, musicians, uh, label owners, promoters, and so on. You can uh, engage them. So you can, you can follow them. Uh, look into into what uh, the the tweet about, not in a creepy way, but uh, just 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 supporting them and favoriting and retweeting and so on, and uh, maybe you know asking a question after after a month of such activity and just showing your support. And um, yeah, so you can actually do quite a lot there. SoundCloud is obviously a great place to build relationships with um, producers, and uh, it can lead to collaborations. It's a no brainer. I, I'm pretty sure to your listeners, uh, but yeah, you definitely want to uh, to do that. And um, yeah, just just thinking creatively about what kind of groups uh, relevant to you people maybe at, and yeah, what kind of uh, I don't Twitter list and so on. So there is a number of mm. ways. Yeah. So I, I suppose it, it's about adding that value first because you know you mentioned with Twitter. Uh, after about a month, maybe ask him a question. So I suppose when it comes to networking, it, it pays to, and I'm sure you'd agree, to add value or at least kind of get in the person's field of vision before asking them or requesting something from them. Would you Would you agree with that? Exactly. So it's all about the amount of uh, impressions. It, it's 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 marketing. So you want to be in front of uh, a person's eyes or ears a number of times that they remember you and uh, especially when it's a, a very busy industry representative most probably they don't have a lot of time they have just too many things going on and if you want to stay on top of their mind you want to remind about yourself but the best way to do so is not just by emailing them and asking for something from them but showing you su uh, support so it can be through yeah through, through, through the channels that you own and uh, on twitter this is the formal that we've been using so it's it's time consuming but i highly recommend everyone to try it out so just build a list on Twitter. It's pretty easy. So you can just uh, create a list of people um, in the industry. It can be, I don't know, just label executives or promoters or what can I, oh, like whatever, producers. Uh, you build a list. It can be a really small one at first, just 10 people, for example. And you uh, check just the tweets from these people daily. 
uh, and uh, you interact with them. So a couple favorites per account per week, uh, a few retweets. So don't be too aggressive. It's it's not a good thing. So when you retweet every tweet from someone, <laughs> most probably they will just yeah, it it, it will not <laughs> be a good idea. But uh, you you do this kind of thing, and and you just most probably person sees you if he or she uses Twitter and checks notifications. And then when you reach out in a few weeks time, in a, in a month roughly speaking, most probably you will hear back and you may ask for an email address to start the conversation via email. And of course that you also won't be requiring uh, asking them to review your uh, new single if it's a journalist or asking for, for a booking. You can, you can approach it differently. You can ask for feedback. Uh, when a reviewer is asked for feedback, oftentimes they reply and they actually, it's, it's pretty interesting psychological trick as well. So you can uh, get very useful feedback just by rephrasing um, uh, your question and it may lead to, to some kind of feature later. So always trying to give uh, instead of asking. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super interesting. And one, I've actually noticed this myself, both in, in practice with me uh, trying that method and also with people that have popped up uh, just just with me running EDM prods. So, you know, there are certain people that have retweeted a lot of my, my tweets and when they ask me for feedback on something, I feel a little bit more inclined to, to give more in-depth feedback or respond faster uh, so it definitely works. I, I can personally vouch for it. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the the biggest marketing mistakes that you see artists make? Um, so not following the the rules and the basics and the ideas that I mentioned early in our conversation, <laughs> uh, and. No, really, like one of the most typical things is the one that I mentioned about being too aggressive and too demanding. It's it's still number one, I would say. Uh, being inconsistent with uh, the within your branding is is one of these things. Uh, not walking on on showing that what you stand for and that you are. Uh, in the industry for uh, for long term is also important for any kind of business networking. So uh, you you really want to to show that you uh, can deliver on a constant basis that uh, you are the person to uh, do business with. Uh, so it's it's just something to to keep in mind because a lot of quite a few producers I've seen uh, the don't quite watch their, um, I don't know, the, even the language on, on Twitter, <laughs> or they don't, uh, they just, they, they may not be updating their Facebook page for half a year. It's not a good sign to anyone, to neither to a fan, nor a, an industry professional. So just walking on, a, on, on your brand all the time, even when you don't release new music, uh, it's just one general mistake that a lot of artists make. So uh, it's it's not you cannot afford just uh, staying in a studio for for a year, uh, just recording something and not uh, uh, putting anything online. So 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 what what kind of things should people post 
because uh, obviously you can't post a link to your song every day. Uh, what are some some ideas of content, especially on social media, that people can use and post to kind of fill in the gaps between releases? So at Wispin, we even have some kind of a, a content uh, uh, calendar templates. We didn't invent it, obviously, and um, it's it's um, it's it's pretty a common technique to to have an editorial calendar if you're a brand. So uh, treating your project as as a media resource, your uh, your your Facebook page, your Twitter profile, your Tumblr blog, or whatever uh, the uh, media resources in 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 a way and um just having some understanding and and planning ahead may help a lot but when it comes down to exact examples of content that you can post uh it should be mix of um, stuff that is related to your music so when you're in a studio it can be an instagram photo from uh, uh from from a studio from or it can be a short video of 15 second teaser um, it can be um, a, a video that inspired you to uh, get into music 15 years ago. It can be uh, just a new track from your friends. So it can be music related, but then it comes down to your niche, to the things that you care about, the, the stuff that we talked about earlier. So if you can talk about other things so if it's um, environmental issues for example you can be sharing some articles about the topic you can be sharing images with some quotes on the topic you can be sharing relevant videos so you can fill your uh, editorial calendar with these kind of contents that will be speaking to the crowd that is interested both in your genre of music and in the same issues so you are basically targeting a very specific group of people who are interested in several things at once just as you uh, and i mean usually there is yeah it's it's possible to find people who are interested in the same stuff uh, as you so it's it's fine to not just it, it's actually very healthy and recommended to not only talk about yourself and your music and by the way since um, uh, the shelf life of uh, a post on Facebook and Twitter, especially on Twitter, is so short, it's okay to repost some of your content. Uh, for example, a SoundCloud link, it's just overdone by many producers. So there is this, I, I just remembered, I mean, it's something that I've been talking about for quite a while, but there was an article uh, recently, I don't remember where exactly, about this like uh, recommendation, post 70% of uh, of your content should be about just something interesting, entertaining, educating. Uh, 20% about uh, about music in general, I think, and 10% about your music. So usually I, I, I use the 80-20 uh, the uh, radio, so you can post 80% of stuff about just something interesting, and only 20% of your content should be with call to action and uh, basically self-promotional. So you definitely want to deliver this content, but it should be at its, its minimum. Otherwise, you may come off as a very annoying person. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah. but, but, but around the release, for example, you, of course, become more aggressive. It's perfectly fine around a big release to talk about the stuff that is coming out because you want to show that you are very excited about it because why your listeners should be uh, excited if you're not so just it's always it's always you you have to be flexible depending on on where you are at, at your career 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's very good advice. Now, I want to talk about WeSpin for a moment. And the tagline for for WeSpin is growth training for musicians. Uh, yeah. What does that what does that entail, and how can WeSpin help artists and and producers? So uh, about growth, and um, it's something that we haven't been asked a lot about uh, uh, actually, and, and it's really good that you brought it up. So we replaced the word marketing with growth. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we did this re- rebranding half a year ago and um, because of uh, some, uh, I don't know, just the word marketing from my experience doesn't always work well uh, in music, especially when it comes down to education. So with the agency, it's pretty straightforward. People come to to us as a, as a music marketing agency and uh, uh, they, they, they know what they need and it's kind of clear. But when producers want to educate themselves, when they hear the word marketing, often a lot of the times it, it just, they, they, they think about some big campaigns and some traditional kind of marketing and it's it just overused word. But uh, I, I became uh, a big fan of this growth hacking thing, uh, which, you know, is huge in the tech space. And um, I wanted to apply the same mindset to our platform. So it's not just about the process as in marketing, but it's about goals, about achieving something specific and it's growth. So all musicians want to grow their following their uh, numbers on social media, their income, their amounts of shows and so on. So it's very focused oriented and we try to build our courses and uh, I release, well, I try to release it weekly, uh, uh, so-called growth tactics. So uh, it's it's a very practical step-by-step um, lessons on how to do something that will help you grow a particular well maybe reach more people maybe acquire more fans or or help with engagement and so on so it's it's just the uh, shift in focus we we want to help musicians grow their um their careers and um yeah so it's, it's done on, on wispin is done through video lessons text lessons uh emails we just launched a, a little uh, chat room. Uh, there is a forum, which is uh, the core of the community. So it's a place where members can ask questions about the industry or, or growth. We still use the word marketing, obviously, but yeah, just actually just helping uh, ourselves uh, stay on track, and of course the members to to understand what it's all about. It's not just about the process. Also, you have to enjoy the process, but all the actions even if you don't see the results right away they will lead eventually to growth right and i I take it it's for people of all skill levels and all kind of um uh you know the new producer who's struggling to build the audience and the more established producer who wants to kind of up their their uh promotion game is that true? Yeah. So yeah, we've really been trying to deliver content useful for both. Also, it's mainly for those who um, who are struggling with uh, the basics. Uh, I mean, but at basics, it's it's it can be advanced stuff as well. But uh, if like we usually have um, uh, producers and musicians and bands. So recently, we started inviting musicians in all genres. Initially, it was for electronic music only. Uh, but really, it's applicable to any genre of music. 
So usually it's for those who uh, who are at earlier stages of their careers and they can have a few thousand followers on social media, but the they still uh, are challenged to prove something. So we it, it's not exactly for um, fairly successful in terms of numbers mm. um, uh, musicians, but yeah, it's it's a broad range. So I would say it's for ninety five percent of musicians out there. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and, and it's pretty interesting. Lately, we've seen quite a few really awesome musicians coming to the platform, uh, mainly in different electronic music genres, who have been in the scene for 20, 30 years, but they never cared about social media, online stuff, uh, and they don't have a web presence. So it's like the 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 they are not uh, the the genre may not be popular anymore, and they don't have anything online. So they're starting almost from scratch, even for their just amazing musicians with lots of uh, experience. I mean, I just love these guys and they're doing a great job at studying and learning and and delivering just as everyone else, even those music producers who just have been producing for two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. And you, you also run a podcast under WeSpin, is that correct? Yeah, so it's a weekly one. Uh, it, yeah, it's sometimes a bi-weekly, <laughs> but <laughs> I try to stick to the schedule. Yeah, mm-hmm. so definitely. Cool, um, cool. Uh, I mean, just uh, just a little note, yeah. So yeah, if yeah. anyone interested, then it's uh, wispin.co slash forward uh, uh, podcast. So if anyone is curious about that um and yeah it's it's really nice to to kind of cross promote because i'll be talking about your podcast to our audience oh well, <laughs> so I, well, just I so it's it. fair. <laughs> it's a cool one yeah but trying to interview i mean it's it's cool isn't it to to talk to to people yeah. and uh, pick up their minds uh and i mean it it can be really interesting for for all including the interviewer yeah exactly i mean i'm learning a lot right now so um Oh, definitely. It's super fun. Now, I've got a question that's been, uh, it's a burning question. It's been on my mind for a long time. And I'd love to ask you because you've probably got a a strong opinion on this. But I was talking to some uh, friends the other day about whether it's worth having a dedicated website as an artist in this day and age where social media takes the forefront. So, Personally, I can't remember when the last time I visited an artist's website instead of their Facebook or Twitter page. Is there value in having a homepage or website as an artist and what is that value? Yeah, it's it, it's, uh, it's a burning question uh, and I'd, I'd say in electronic music in particular and um, uh, it, it, the, the role of a website has changed a lot in the last years. In the last decade, I would even say so. It's true that usually listeners, uh, just casual, even listeners or industry professionals as well, they don't go to um, the website. So I would even rather say that the website is not the number one place where what, that they visit to learn more about an artist. Because even when there is a website for a producer, it's just it's absolutely random and it's not optimized for the people who may be visiting it. So when you go to websites of some big producers or musicians or bands, you see that these websites are optimized for for existing fans. 
uh, it's for fan base. It's for those who want to see these Twitter feeds and the latest updates and so on. And uh, I'm pretty confident that for the big names, uh, these websites get traffic. So people come there to see the tour dates and so on. But it's, it, it's not what... Uh, most of the musicians need these days uh, and uh, you don't necessarily expect people to simply discover your website even for if you put it up and if you optimize it properly then if someone googles your name after a gig where they saw you live for example they may very well hopefully they will find your website and you want to welcome them with a very specific call to action and i will get back to it just in five seconds but uh, the uh, number one thing to keep in mind is that you drive traffic uh, to the websites actively from your social media profile. So usually a website serves a very specific purpose and uh, it's up to you uh, to, to make it work for you or not. So a website is not for just for informing people about something about you. So obviously you want to have an about section, a bio and so on, but you want to convert your website to convert, uh, for example, random visitors into your email subscribers or followers on SoundCloud, uh, your existing listeners into buyers because the website is a place for your store, for, for, for some e-commerce uh, projects. So you want to sell something. It's uh, when you are just building your uh, profile, you want to capture contact information of uh, of your of your fans so you can have a simple website just a landing page with uh, information about you in short and uh, a giveaway of your latest ep for example so you can give it away in exchange of an email address a very simple um, approach which is still underused and which is still extremely effective and you can drive uh, traffic so you can link to it actively from all your social media profiles and then you will be getting the email addresses of uh, people interested and you can communicate with them directly, which is extremely powerful. Uh, you can drive traffic to your website through a blog. So uh, when you have something to say, which is longer than a tweet or a short Facebook post, publish it on a blog and write about it and post the photos from an event there or a video. And then don't just post all this stuff on Facebook, but link back to your blog. And if you install a free, nice plugin that uh, shows a pop-up message asking people to follow you on SoundCloud or like your Facebook page or leave their email address, then uh, this traffic will be converting into, into subscribers. So the idea is that a website is important uh, and we do recommend uh, building websites, but only when you understand how exactly it will be serving you. It's it's not just a static business card kind of thing, which doesn't serve any specific purpose. That makes, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, a lot of sense. And it clears a few things up for me. And one thing I'm glad you touched on is email. I think, you know, I, I personally understand the, the benefits of email um, and I recommend that every artist builds an email list but let's say I don't let's say I'm a skeptical artist who isn't sure whether it's worth spending the time and effort building an email list what would you say how would you convince me to do otherwise yes yeah, it's, it's so common <laughs> uh, so uh, like the, a very visual example is uh, all those musicians even I, I mentioned 
uh, there's this type of a musician uh, who joins uh, <laughs> who spin from time to time mm. uh, th there are artists who were on myspace and uh, they just relied on it and uh, they built just huge followings there hundreds of thousands of people they didn't care about doing something else because myspace was the thing uh well it's around 10 years ago time flies <laughs> Really, uh, anyway. So the and 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 then it it was gone, and and they uh, lost all their followers, and they couldn't reach the same uh, numbers on SoundCloud or Facebook a lot of the times. And uh, uh, email is something that you own, so it's the data that you can uh, have access to. Uh, people rarely change their email addresses, uh, and they they check their emails even uh, like no matter how. How much time they spend online it's very common for uh, musicians lately i've been hearing it a lot that but like these days uh kids in particular they don't use email much and uh, they just won't be seeing your messages and so on it can be true that the the open rate for a particular group of people may be lower um, than for for some other like demographic groups for example but everyone checks email at least, um, well, occasionally, and it's up to you to optimize your email for higher open rate. So you can make your email look so good that people will actually open and read it, but it's a totally different topic, of course. So people do have email addresses. Everyone, pretty much everyone who uses the internet have an email address. You own the data if uh, something happens with Facebook and something happened with Facebook already. So we had all these thousands of likes and we could reach them easily. Then these changes in the edge run algorithm by Facebook. And now you have to pay a lot to reach the people who uh, already like your page. So it's impossible to reach more than 10, 15% most of the times, oftentimes lower than that, of uh, the people who like your page with a post if you don't pay. And if you pay, it's still like not 100% far from it. So the, this, these things happen all the time. Uh, something happens with SoundCloud right now with uh, the major label deals and so on. And, and you, you cannot rely on a social media network. No one knows what will happen next with it. Uh, an email list is something that you own. You can change uh, your email marketing providers anytime. There is lots of free options and you can just communicate with your list and build uh, a trust relationship with uh, your list. And uh, yeah, so it can be, can be really effective. It takes time uh, and I can understand why many musicians don't even try because it just feels too overwhelming to them, but it's it's not as difficult as it seems and it's worth the time investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think it's also, uh, in, in some respects, a more personal medium uh, because people are used it's to true. getting personal emails. And if you, if you write your email in a personal manner, then it kind of just strengthens that, that fan to, to artist uh, relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the formats of an email. Actually, I don't, I really write blog posts. I usually uh, write bigger newsletters and I, it just, it's a great medium. And uh, because you can, you can write to one person, you, your email can go to, to 20,000 people, or 200,000 people, but you still write to one person. It's rather easy to, to kind of just mentally write to a recipient. 
just 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 to that person who will open it in their gmail so it's it's really cool yeah and you're absolutely right that it should be personalized mm-hmm. uh, you you touched on facebook quickly and you talked about uh it, the fact that you know you, you can post these days and not even reach 15 percent of your fan base and i've seen more and more artists use facebook advertising as a way to build their fan base and promote their music is facebook marketing a good idea i mean are there downsides to it Uh, it's it's something that you kind of have to do because uh, everyone is on facebook including your fans and uh, industry professionals so i mean potential fans and maybe current ones um so it's something that you have to get yourself into but you don't want to get too crazy i I, i've worked with a number of um, artists who in different genres who spent a lot on uh, Facebook ads and regretted it a lot later because of the reasons I mentioned earlier, for example, so they can have thousands of likes, they spend thousands of dollars, but then uh, they cannot reach the audience. So they understand after looking into the analytics that the crowd that like their page is not even from the countries uh, that, I don't know, speak their language or just, I mean, it's, it can be completely irrelevant. Uh, Facebook ads is great for testing things out, especially at your early stages or when you try new things. And this is a part of the growth hacking mindset. Um, you, you want to experiment a lot and try new things and uh, Facebook ads can help you in uh, seeing results quicker. So you can run a campaign uh, comparing uh, different kind of positioning or the visuals that you've got uh, promoting the same thing and you can uh, see what performs best or you can try different countries uh, targeting different uh, demographics and groups and, and seeing who likes your stuff the most and then act based on, on, on the data that you got. So it's not about just setting something up, not optimizing it. Facebook is great at making things look easy. So it, like you just boost the post. By the way, it's it's just crap. So boosting posts. Why, uh, is, it, why is it a bad idea to, to boost posts? Well, because it doesn't quite work. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. just try it out and you will see that most <laughs> of the times it just doesn't bring you anything. So if I'm not like, I have to tell you that I do not consider myself a, a huge like Facebook specialist. I know uh, everything that I need to know, but I don't like advertising too much. And that's why I, uh, I like all things related to ads is just uh, something I uh, like. We've got uh, a great team at the agency and, and Corey, my, our, um, our chief marketing officer is, is really great that he, he's, he communicates with Facebook team and so on. But even short, like you better set up uh, a separate ad for something rather than boosting a post. It will bring you so much better results if you optimize it properly so facebook makes it looks very easy so you just click one button or create an ad and it works but in, the truth is that to make an ad work you uh, need to spend a lot of time on uh, optimizing things and so on and it's something interesting that's yeah so i just discovered recently that the more you spend on on facebook ads the more features are availed to you by facebook Okay. So you can actually see more, much more features and, uh, and yeah, so you will get occasional calls from, uh, uh, from the managers at Facebook like we do. Uh, and, but it really, it's, it's really easy to spend a fortune on Facebook ads. 
mm. it's bad uh but do spend a little bit on uh, on campaigns to figure out uh, how it, and, and you can have uh, some budget daily or monthly budget on just increasing your likes for example it's not a bad thing mm. if mm. it's set up properly right gotcha that's that's very interesting very good advice uh now i want to jump into some quick questions just before we we end this what three books or resources would you recommend to someone wanting to learn more about marketing and the music business in general well yeah so (laughs) it's um it's something to um um it's really difficult to just mention the ultimate books, but I will do my best to to give recommendations that I think will make sense for most of your listeners. Sure. And um, so I, I would say that educating yourself at um, uh, at at marketing and growth uh, is is important. So uh, I personally would recommend uh, reading a book called The Twenty Two Immutable Laws of Marketing uh it's it's just a classical it's it's a collection of classical examples of uh marketing um methods and some psychological trips i i i i i, I said trips i meant tips <laughs> but anyway yeah yeah uh psychological anyway so uh the uh, the point is that it's 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 a good summary of what you need to know about the traditional marketing and there is a lot of things that you can apply to your project i've i've, I've seen some criticism towards that book but i think it's a brilliant one i really like it i think that uh, you can just learn a lot from these examples there is a lot of case studies of brands like coca-cola and so on but when you see how these things work you will start noticing uh, these patterns in advertising because the the major brands still use all the same principle described there absolutely it's the same so when you know how this big marketing game looks like at least approximately it will help you make the right decisions uh, marketing your brands even though you may not use uh, those approaches necessarily so on that end, once you have a better understanding of how it all works, I would recommend reading any book by Seth Godin. Yes. I'm yeah. a big fan of, of I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, for anyone interested in marketing, it's very, it may sound banal, but mm-hmm. he's just amazing. And uh, maybe it's uh, the, yeah, so the Purple Co or Tribes or like, uh, Deception or uh, yeah, the, the one of the latest ones. And I mean, pretty much any book by Seth Godin is a must read. Uh, you will understand how exactly to approach uh, your growth and marketing and that it's all about building this tribe and building a, 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 the permission marketing is a great book as well. So uh, it, it gives an understanding of how to build this relationship with a crowd. And uh, speaking of uh, music business, uh, there is just a lot and I'm biased because uh, I, I've uh, interviewed quite a lot of great writers uh, for our podcast. And um, uh, one that comes to mind is Music is Your Business by Chris Knapp. Uh, I, I just, I've been communicating with him for several years and he's been in the industry for like over 30 years. He's really experienced and there is there is just a lot of insights and it's a, um, it's a book, the fourth edition that came out last year, I think. It's so under-publicized that it's just crazy. So it's not available on Kindle, it's only a physical copy, but it's so much, I mean, it's, it's worth having one because there is a lot of insights in there and it's up to date. 
And yeah, so there was just, honestly, um, uh, yeah, there was just over a dozen of like music business book that's uh, worth reading and um, read books. So I, I, I have to say something that's, uh, I mean, do uh, read blogs and listen to podcasts, obviously. But when you think about books, like there are people who spend years writing something, compiling yeah, the yeah. best of the best, and they, they put it all together and they sell it for a few dollars and you yeah. can pick up their brain for it's just crazy. And people don't understand this oftentimes. So non-fiction books can be really powerful. Make notes as you read them, of course, but I mean, just to, so, and, and put it into practice because otherwise it's too easy to forget the stuff that you learn. But yeah, so highly recommend uh, getting into this. So uh, did, did I mention the free? Sorry for not being too specific, but I hope- Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned three. That's cool. I'll, uh, I'll put those in the show notes. And I haven't read the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. I have heard of it. Um, it reminds me of a book called Influence by Robert, I think it's Cialdini. I, I know that one, but yeah. I, I don't think I have read that. That that would be similar. It's all about the, the psychological, um, the way brands use psychological tricks to, to market. Uh, so that's another good book too. Now, according to your website, you're a bit of a, uh, a craft beer enthusiast. Uh, what's your favorite type of beer? Oh, oh, man! It's we need to do another podcast on that topic, uh, <laughs> and another one, as my wife suggested, about cats. So, cats um, as well. Okay, <laughs> uh, and archery actually. So for a few months, I've been into traditional archery, but it's a totally different topic. <laughs> Beer, uh, so thicker styles. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Baltic porter um, and uh, some of the Belgian styles. Obviously, like. Indian pale ales, uh, the American styles. Uh, yeah, no, quite. I've tasted uh, a few craft brews from uh, from New Zealand and Australia, from down under. Uh, I mean, just some some interesting approaches. Do they do they stand up to the uh, the European ones? Um, so uh, I mean, the <laughs> the, the, the I, I won't be offended. I mean, they, they they were great, and I would even say that they stood up to the American uh, standards because, uh, in my opinion, the the, the best craft. Uh, I mean, it's not my opinion. <laughs> the best uh, craft beer scene is is in the states. Uh, in Europe, people are catching up, but right now in Poland, here where I live currently, it's it's booming and it's awesome, really. So, but yeah, stronger styles that are more. Yeah, just sipping rather than just drinking a, a bunch of pints per, uh, per, uh, in the evening. What, what about you? And sorry, I just, I'm so curious. So I, I've heard some good things about this scene, even for its, I mean, a lot about commercial being so on, but how's it? I mean, <laughs> are you into it still? Yeah, I, I really like beer. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm much of an expert. Um, so, but I, I really like parallels. Uh, and porters as well and, and the city where I live Wellington New Zealand has a very lively uh, craft beer scene so Tuatara I don't know if you've heard of them but they are mm-hmm. one of the big uh, craft beer brands in New Zealand um, and I think they started out of Wellington I could be wrong but yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's very big in New Zealand and it's, it's quite cool uh, along yeah. with coffee as well they seem to go hand in hand when there's a uh, you know, a big coffee scene, there'll be a big craft beer scene. 
Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I actually have heard quite a bit because our um, uh, one of the partners and, and uh, key members of the Dot Music uh, company, uh, Fred, he spent three months in, in Wellington oh, yeah. and nearby uh, just like two years back on a worldwide trip. So uh, have heard quite a lot of good things about mm. the scene there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, good stuff. Now, any last words of advice to, to those listening? Uh, so just uh, trying to, um, uh, once again, put at least one or, or up to, I, I would say, three things that we talked about on this podcast and uh, action. Uh, uh, really, like, just, just do something um, that we talked about or try to apply it somehow right after listening to this podcast. Otherwise, most probably... Like, I hope that you enjoyed the conversation and, and the, the stuff that I shared, but uh, it, it doesn't mean anything if you don't try to implement it. So I, I wouldn't go into anything else, although I could, but <laughs> just, just try to, to do something uh, uh, along the lines of what we talked about. And uh, definitely, it's, it, I'm, I'm confident it will help you with mm. growth. Yeah, so, so take action. Uh, yeah. Straight after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool. Like well, it's a few hours, ideally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been fantastic uh, talking to you, Andrew. Thanks heaps for coming on. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, thank you a lot for having me. And uh, wispin.co, so it's not com, but uh, co is a place for, for, for wispin. Datamusic.com is for dot music. And uh, I'm meta andrew uh which can be a little bit confusing but my handle on all social media networks is meta andrew so uh you can hit me up on twitter for example uh yeah so it would be great to chat and sam thank you thank you so much no problem at all yeah all right it was awesome see you later Everybody jump in.